now of a lot of discussion. I guess we keep this going now and invite everybody to our conversation. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been a it's been a minute. It's been a minute since we um had a little talk, done an episode. So much stuff going on right now. Yeah, it's just been some real Twilight Zone shit out there. Just a lot of dramatic <laughs> behavior, a lot of strange behavior, like people overreacting to weird things, and people have these stressed looks on their faces. I mean, you can't even really see their faces because everybody has a mask on. And, uh, I, I ran into a friend of mine at actually one of the dispensaries, and he had he had a baseball cap on, big sunglasses, and a fucking mask, and I had no clue who this guy was. <laughs> He kept looking at me like, hey, man, how's it going? I was like, hey. <laughs> I thought I might just be a fan who recognized me or something. I was like, I don't know who this guy is, so I'm just going to not say anything. And then finally he's like, hey, man, it's Corey. I'm like, oh, okay, Corey. I didn't, I didn't recognize you with a fucking – you look like a bank robber right now. I was about to say, it's funny how this is that's acceptable now. Right. <laughs> Whereas before, it's like that was a red flag to see someone looking like that. Like, hey, someone's like, hey, man, hey, man, I don't want any trouble. Back up. <laughs> that will be my first response at this point. But yeah, but what, what I try to warn people is that when when people are really erratic and they're unpredictable, they're dangerous at that point. You know, like yeah. like Tim Larkin says, we all make these social agreements. You know, if we get into an argument, we're not going to take it to a fist fight. That's a social agreement. We're just going to argue. But <laughs> that doesn't mean that that's what's actually going to happen. So you have to be prepared for whatever outcome may come your way. So right. when you're dealing with really erratic just mentally stressed people, you don't know what they're capable of at that moment. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, look at it, man. Everything's there. Everything's there to cause all these like erratic situations because, like I said, for almost a year now, it's crazy to have to say this, for almost a year now, people have either been locked down, people have had masks on, people have been sitting there sucking back and, and inhaling their own carbon dioxide all day long. <laughs> and, and, you know, people have uncertainty going on with their finances. You know, they don't know if they're going to work, if they're going to school. Some of them are not going to work and not going to school. Some people don't know where the next meal is coming from. Some people's mortgage is about to default. There's so much uncertainty. And it's like when you start just compounding all this stuff right. onto people and you're not giving them an outlet to to get rid of that in a more peaceful manner, you know, you're just sitting there, you're just, you're building a ticking time bomb. And it's not going to take much to set people off. I mean, I keep, I have friends that send me these videos because, of course, you know, being in the self-protection industry, you know, everyone wants to send me all these, these crazy videos of people. Like, there was one where um, there was a guy in London. He, he took his mask off just to talk to his mom while they yeah. were on a train. And then this guy was like, put your effing mask on. And then it, it mm. almost it became violent just over the mask, you know. So it's just so crazy that it's something like that. Will set people off at this point. So you're thinking like, if someone taking pulling their mask down for a few seconds to talk to someone personal in their family sets you off from a distance or whatever, or you got all these other people who are like, you know, going off because they don't want to wear a mask and they're coming to a store and they're trying to fight, you know, the the store manager. You know, I'm like, dude, it's really simple. If you don't want to wear a mask, then turn around and go home, go or go somewhere else, or do what I do. You know, have them to have them bring a curbside if you don't want to go in. You know, call right. ahead of time and let them bring it out to you if you don't want to deal with all that. So it's just so crazy. But people, it seems like at this point now, because people are so frustrated, such frustrating times for a lot of people who right. weren't that calibrated emotionally before this pandemic, you know, but this has been like a steroid. It only enhanced what was already there. It just seems like people are looking for a reason to be as extreme and erratic at at, at any given time because they just feel like, oh, I'm, I'm tired of this. 
and now I'm going to take this out on the next person. I don't care if that person didn't deserve it. It's just I, I deserve to let let loose some steam. That's how they're looking at but it. You, at this point. But you see a lot of dumb behavior. Like, for example, at the gym I go to, right, Fitness 19, the governor made a mandate where everyone has to have a mask on in the gym. This happened a few months ago. Now, obviously, as a customer, you have a decision to make. Either you're okay with that or you accept it or you say forget it and you cancel your membership. There's, those are really the two options. But what a lot of people chose to do is they went off on whoever was working at the counter. And a lot of times it's someone who's probably making eight bucks an hour working the counter. Right. Just like a scene. Like, oh, fuck this shit. You're not going to tell me to do this, Dad. You're going to cancel my membership. Trying to be all dramatic about it. Like, there's you know what? Those are the people that were like, those are the people when you post something and then it's like, oh, my God, unfollowing. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <bitch>. <laughs> bye. Yeah, just, just do it, man. You don't have to tell me. Exactly. And then they probably don't unfollow right away. They probably stick around to see if anyone replies to them saying unfollowing. Want <laughs> <laughs> so, to see how many likes they got? Zero. Exactly. Like, are you still here? Get the, bye. I thought you were unfollowing. Well, I, I always laugh when someone comments, someone who has no qualifications to even comment on whatever the subject matter is, maybe a little clip about a topic, and no one responds to what they have to say because no one cares what they have to say. <laughs> no one's coming to my page for what some random person has to say in the comments. Right. They're coming for whatever, whatever I have to say or the guest has to say, depending on what kind of clip it is. But right. people always feel like they have to make a scene. Like they want to, people, are, people are so desperate to be noticed, right? Like adults are just like children. So you got to make this ostentatious scene. You're just going to go off on this customer service rep because now everybody has to turn in your direction and see who's this guy raising his voice, making this scene. It's, it's, it's really pathetic. It's just like this desperate way of trying to get energy from people. Right. It's, it, it's funny because um, just a couple of weeks ago, so my wife had to go in um, to Sam's and she was getting like a, a tire replaced on a car. And for a while, you know, Sam's because that's where she got the, the tires from. And for a while, that part, that department wasn't open because of the pandemic. When they finally opened it up. So she goes in to get a tire change. So <clears throat> as she once they wrapped it up, she was coming back to pay. And there was this guy who was sitting there and he was screaming at the cashier. And he's. I mean, I go to the Sam's a lot, and these folks are very nice. I, I know these people. And so this guy, he's screaming. He's like, I, I told you to put this on. I, I need you to, like, put this on the receipt. It's not on the receipt. And he goes, sir, um, the way that our printer prints out, it doesn't print that portion on the receipt. But I can gladly write it for you on there. What? You're so stupid. Why would you do that? Why can't you do it? So then my <laughs> And he's screaming, and then he starts cursing them out. The guy's just kind of sitting there, and the girl's sitting there, and he's screaming at both of them. And then my wife turns around, and she goes, oh, my God, you are so effing nasty. And he stops, and he just looks at her. What? He's talking about, I'm, I'm talking to him. Talking about, this doesn't concern you. She goes, I don't care. She's like, you're being so rude. They didn't do anything to you. They're actually trying to go above and beyond to accommodate you. He just told you that it doesn't do it on the machine, and so he'll write it down for you. So you don't have to be rude and scream and talk down to them like that. And he just looks at it and goes, I'm out of here. And he walks out. <laughs> and so I was sitting there thinking, she's like, I just couldn't let him ride like that because people have been so rude and nasty since all this is happening. She's like, and on top of that, you know, because my wife, she's Middle Eastern. She goes, and I think what really pissed him off, the guy was Arab, and to have some woman talk to him like that threw him off. 
But she said, but there's a lot, she said, there's a lot of my people that feel very privileged and feel like they're above folks. And she said, I, I just can't stand by and watch somebody bully someone, especially when that's part of the culture as well. She said, so, oh no. <laughs> so I was just sitting there laughing. I was just thinking about that. I was like, and she goes, yeah, I already know what you're going to say. Why don't things like this happen whenever you're around? I said, yeah, it never happens when I can be out in all these situations where people are being just rude like that. I, I am never around for things like that. Like I would just love to like just give somebody a verbal lashing and not even scream at them. Just make them look really stupid, you know, but I said, I never get that opportunity. She said, yeah, because you never leave the house. <laughs> it's kind of hard to do that. <laughs> I said, well, that too. That's one of the reasons why I don't like leaving home because there's those type of people out there. I don't want to deal with them. <laughs> so, so I'm like, man, then there's that. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's just I don't know, man. It's, it's like a lot of people are using this whole little pandemic thing as an excuse for them to be straight up assholes and, and feel like it's okay because hey, we're going through a pandemic. We're all stressed out. Yeah, yeah. You don't think you're stressing out the other person by being rude like that? Like, come on, bro. If you understand that and admit that we're all stressed out, that should make you a little more empathetic and calm the hell down. And realize it's not that serious. It's really not. There are people freaking dying. Okay. There are people dying. Not just the 200,000 plus that have died from this pandemic, you know, or, or complications from it, but people are just dying from everything. Right now, you're going to have a lot more people dying of poverty at this point because of what's going on with this pandemic. There's a lot of things. You don't know what people are going through. And again, to quote our friend Tim Larkin, you know, you should really treat people nicely because everyone is probably six seconds away from being a mass shooter. Okay. So. Don't be that person that's going to set that person off and let them be that person that, that goes off on everybody because of something you said. And when all you had to do was not be a dick, you know, so right. think about that because you don't know what people are going through. Even if someone seems like they're in the best mood ever, again, we don't know what people are going through. So keep that yeah, in mind. Uh, there was this one of these books I read years ago. I think it was Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. I think yeah, it was that. Stephen Covey. Yeah, where basically he, he tells a story about this guy's on a train with his kids and he's really despondent. He's just looking at the floor and his kids are running around acting a fool. And someone comes over and says, hey, you know, your kids are being really uh, mischievous and they're being rude and you should put them in check. And then the guy's like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. He's like, we're just coming back from the hospital. I just found out my wife died. And it was something to that effect. Right. You know, the guy realized, wow, okay, I, it's like it's just like what you just said. You don't know what's really going on with people. I mean, I, I'll tell you a funny analogy. Like one time I was at the Four Seasons, and you know what's funny is women always talk about how annoying it is when a guy tells them to smile, right? Like every woman has right. a story of some guy like, hey, baby, smile. And it's categorically right. annoying to every woman as it should be. Now, what they don't, what, what a lot of women don't realize is a lot of women use that stupid line on guys too. And I've been on the receiving end of that a couple times. So right. one time I was at the Four Seasons and I was actually waiting for Tim Larkin and this lady walks in and she just looks right at me and she goes, smile, you're at the Four Seasons. It's Friday. You know, <laughs> and I just, and I, I didn't think of it at the moment, but it would have been funny for me to just yell out something such as, you know, my mom died today, so why should I smile? You know, just something just totally. Or you could have just said, hey, my body, my choice. <laughs> so, I think yeah. I said something to the effect of, I don't need to smile like an idiot all day long to be happy. <laughs> I go, that shit causes wrinkles. Look at all you white folks, man. You guys are throwing <laughs> with wrinkles. Yeah. <laughs> when I was 35, I looked like I was still 22, all right? <laughs> You guys are 35 looking like you're older than I am now. <laughs> you know? like, hey, look, lady, resting bitch face is a cheat code to beauty and aging, okay? 
So <laughs> leave me alone while I continue to practice this. <laughs> but sometimes it's hard to step back and, and have that cognizance in the moment of, okay, I don't know what this person's going through. Because sometimes people will come at you in a way where you just have this automatic response. And then it's, and then once you've made that response, it's, you're, you're now going down that road and it's not always easy to pull back. Right. So like I said, just be very cognizant of that and just realize, man, before you step foot out of your house, like, Hey man, there's some folks out there. It's going to go through some stuff. So yeah. Yeah. You're going through your stuff too, but just realize your stuff is not their stuff. So you don't have the right to push your stuff upon them and bring them to the level wherever you are at that point. Yeah, and it, and remember the golden rule. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Just shut up. Right. <laughs> it's just like, really, it's not that hard. You know, it's really not that hard. Even when people say something like, hey, smile, it's the four seasons. You know, it's Friday. I am good to just give you a look <laughs> where you realize, like, okay, maybe he's already looking at Saturday. I'm going to keep walking. <laughs> it's just like, you just give it a look like, hmm, and just keep moving. You don't have to respond. You're not obligated to respond right. to every freaking res- every comment. I like the black woman eye roll with the head shift, you know, like a turn. <laughs> the, the neck roll. <laughs> it's a dramatic eye roll and then a turn that comes right afterwards, right? <laughs> right. That says it all right there. You don't need that. You don't need any further explanation. <laughs> and just to tell you, all you folks out there, this is the thought that's going through her head when she gives that to you. If they had like a little thought bubble above her head, it would actually say, this bitch. That's what they're saying. <laughs> okay, so don't be the person where they're thinking that. And they roll their eyes and do that, too. So just yeah, leave my, people alone, yes. man. My read guess. the room. Learn how to read the room. Okay, <laughs> Some, it's not like it's, a lot of times it's not like a surprise this person responded the way they did. They had precursors that told you, like, yeah, abort, abort. Don't say that. Don't say, your mind is telling your mouth, hey, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. But your mouth's like, I have to. I have to say it. <laughs> You need to smile more. What's wrong? Fuck. The brain's like, here we go. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. So, yeah, just read the room. You can just get an idea. When you get out of your own little world and just be detached from all your stuff and just be more in the moment, you'll realize, you know what? I'm probably not going to say what I'm thinking to that person. In fact, the best thing you can probably say is like, hey, how are you? Actually, don't even say that. Just say hello. Because sometimes you say, hey, how are you? You might say it to the wrong person. You, you're just doing it because, okay, you just, it was rhetorical. And this person actually might break down what's going on. Okay. Well, oh, how am I? Well, let me tell you. I'm like, oh, shit. No, 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 no. I didn't really want you to tell me how you were. Just, can I just get a fine? Okay. I'm good. That'd be beautiful. <laughs> so, yeah, just think about that as well, depending on what kind of, I mean, you might be an inquisitive person. You might actually want to hear what's going on with them so you can take your mind off what's going on with you. So it's really up to you at this point. But me, I'm just like, yeah, I'm very, I'm very aware when I say certain things like that. So I'm just like, Hey, how you doing? Fine. Okay. You keep it moving. If you stop, get ready for a conversation, probably most likely, or they'll feel very uncomfortable and feel like they have to start a conversation and they probably wanted to get on. Oh, I'm good. And oh, you don't have to stop. You can keep moving. <laughs> so it's just weird times going on right now, man. It's just like <laughs> weird social times at this point. You have to you have to channel all that that angst energy that all of us are experiencing. It's not that 
I mean, you and I are both doing well in terms of our finances and all that. So we're not worried about how we're going to survive each month. And that, and that's a big, I mean, that's a big weight off your shoulders because that's right. stressful. Anyone who's ever, I mean, I'm not going through financial stress now, but that doesn't mean that I've never gone through it. I've gone through long periods of financial right. stress where I'm barely making it each month. And every day it's a concern of, okay, am I going to make enough to make the rent and pay the bills and stay ahead of this? So right. I get, I understand that mentality and, it, and it's super stressful. But we're, there's still other stresses that we're dealing with. The stresses of being constrained in the sense that it's not easy to travel right now. It's not easy yep. to go anywhere right now. Like everything is restricted because right now you're thinking, I'm thinking, man, it'd be great to take a vacation, but where are we going to go right now? Exactly. <laughs> and when you go, like how much can you really do when you go there? Right. You know, and right. you know, then you also have. You know, yeah, we may be doing, we might be good right now, but we may have family members, you know, they're not doing so well, you know, you, and you're constantly like, you know, I still, my grandmother's still alive, you know, so I'm constantly thinking about her because she's in that category of people, you know, that are very susceptible to this thing. So mm-hmm. I'm constantly thinking about it and checking on her, you know, and just really just trying to like, you know, she, even though she's going on with her life, like, yeah, you know, cause she's old school. She's like, yeah, she's like, what do you, she's like, I'm, you know, I'm at a certain age. Things start coming at you, you know, you just deal with it and get through it and do the best you can. You know, she has a way better attitude than most people have about it. They're like half her age. There are a lot of people like half her age or hell, a third of her age that are panicking a lot more about this thing, but, or, or they're not taking it seriously like that. <clears throat> so, so I, you know, I'm constantly thinking about other family members and, or I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about people who I don't even know personally that are out there going through stuff, you know, because I'm like, yeah. I, there are certain, there are times where I see things pop up, whatever, like, you know what? I want to help, you know, in this situation. I may donate some money to this because something's going on with someone that's really having a hard time. Or you, you sit there and you, if there's some information that could help someone that can help them begin to get out of a bind, you know, you want to offer that, you know, hey man, you know, this is, you know, FYI, I mean, I don't know. You can do what you want with this info, but here you, and like, again, I'm very picky about doing that. Because, you know, I'm really not big on just doling out advice or whatever. Like, hey, or just sitting there, reach out to somebody and say, hey, man, you good? Because, you know, I have a lot of friends, especially I got friends that would come from, you know, who are vets. And they were pretty much loners before this pandemic. But now they really are by themselves. So, you know, just checking in every now and then. Or your other friends that I have that may have, like, you know, deal with just mental disorders or something like that. Just check in with folks. Right. And, you know, or even some who have families, you know, big families, have kids. Some of these guys out there, you know, their fathers out there, and they're really working hard. Mothers too, and yeah. just reach out, hey man, how, you know how, how the kids, everybody good? Yeah, just checking in with folks because you don't understand. Sometimes that goes a long way. Just say, hey, you good? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, man, you know, just you know, getting through this thing. All right, cool, man. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing I've been doing that I've been doing it consistently is I'm way more generous with tips. I mean, I give a yeah. lot of. Tips because it makes people's day too. It's, sometimes it's that little extra generosity. I was at this Mediterranean restaurant the other day, picked up this awesome spread of food, and customer service was great. Everyone in there was really friendly. And then I went to my car to get some cash to give this guy a tip, and he came and he brought all the food out for me. A very friendly guy, and I just handed him a twenty. But I mean, it was a thirty dollar bill. I gave him a twenty dollar tip, and I'm not saying this because I'm such a great guy. I'm so generous, but. His reaction was worth. I would have given him more than that for that reaction. You know, because like right. you mentioned, he's like, "Oh man, you don't realize how much this helps us. You know, we're struggling and so forth." 
I, I did it with the valet driver at Cosmo, not because I was not because I was trying to be so generous, but because I didn't have any smaller bills. Right? I, <laughs> I was like, shit, man, I don't have anything less than a twenty. I don't want to give this lady a twenty dollars tip, but I, but I gave it to her because that's all I had, and she was so appreciative of it. Though she's like, oh, I've been struggling so much. This really helps a lot. I was like, well, shit, man. If I knew I was going to get that kind of reaction, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give our bills out all day long because it's nice to make someone's day. You know, I was about to say, it, it never sucks to make someone's day, dude. I don't care. If, when you see someone <laughs> truly appreciative of something that you've done yeah. for them, yeah. how, how does that suck? How do you not yeah, feel good about that? It's a nice feeling. So where, where I was going with this, too, is sometimes you, you see people that are struggling and – Maybe you feel awkward just giving them some cash, but what you could do is next time you're at the grocery store, buy a few extra things. Just give it to the groceries. I was at the grocery store. I picked up a few things I thought you might like. You know, here you go. You just drop it off on their fucking doorstep. You don't even, you just do it anonymously if you really feel awkward with it. Just give just little random acts of kindness like like that go a long way, especially when people are having rough times. Because a lot of times people are acting so erratically and they're acting so strange. Because they don't, they don't feel like anyone gives a fuck about them. Like no one cares about my well-being. No one's calling me up. I don't know anyone. You know, I'm not at work now, so I'm not even interacting with other people. So you start, you just start having a lot of negativity in your mind that's just percolating all day long, and then that can be broken fairly quickly with just one random act of kindness. Someone does something for you unexpected, and that can just shatter that whole negative mindset. And just go show, like, okay, maybe all this stuff I was thinking was not true, at least right now, you know? <laughs> right. so, yeah, it'll come back tomorrow, but for at least right. right now, I'm good, okay? Tomorrow, you're going to feel like blowing your brains out again, but at least right now, you can get through the next couple hours. Right. Good. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, now's the time to see when this whole thing started, and you and, I, you and I talked about this, when this whole thing started, to me, I saw it as an opportunity to step up my game. I go, okay, what, what, what's going on now? A lot of people are going to be stuck at home. A lot, of, a lot of people like us are going to be working out at home. So put out content that's useful to people, not just training advice, because I have enough of that out there. I don't need to say anything more about training, but health advice, how to, how do you, how to protect your immune system. I mean, we had Dr. Mark Gordon on early in this whole thing, talking yeah. about ionophores and quercetin and things like that that have been shown to protect cells from coronaviruses that are similar to COVID-19. Right. So that's so it doesn't mean that it's a surefire method of protection, but theoretically it should protect against any virus. And even if it doesn't protect against COVID, just being protected against the cold or the flu or anything like that is also useful, making your cells as healthy as possible. So like uh, on Bill Maher, he made a good point saying that Fauci and other people like that were cowards during this whole pandemic because they never told people, hey, take charge of your health. Right. You want to do something that's useful for you and your neighbor, get as healthy as possible. Maybe you don't eat a fucking box of Fruit Loops every night <laughs> with, with, and chase it down with Yoo-Hoo. You know? <laughs> People eat that's garbage food right I'm now. laughing because at the beginning of this pandemic, these are the things I saw in everyone's grocery baskets at Costco and Sam's. I'm like, okay, you realize this is a health pandemic, right? Why are you trying to feed this damn thing? <laughs> okay, come on. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, during this whole lockdown, 
people could have lost 50 pounds. They put on 50 pounds. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, man, what were you doing? You just started, you didn't move off the couch the entire time during the entire pandemic. And it always amused me, people, when things started opening up again and people started getting back out there and you start seeing people you might have, maybe you haven't seen them in a while. And you just ask them what they did to stay productive during this whole thing. And a lot of people, the answer was nothing. They didn't do anything productive. They watched the fucking news all day. They're watching yep. Netflix all night. They're eating junk food. They're drinking too much. They're just, they're just, they just used it as an excuse to be a slob where you could have picked up a whole new skill. You could have acquired information. You could have taken charge of your health. You could have put energy into your business, come up with new ideas. And there was just so many new resources available. And you had, like I said, you had the time to really buckle down. Now you, you didn't have that excuse anymore. Like, well, man, now I got to be at work all day. And then when I'm home, I got to come and feed the kids. Then I'm tired. I'm ready to go to sleep. Now you're not, you've been home all day. The kids have been in their room the whole time. You're like, okay, you little badasses, go, go play, you know, or go study. <laughs> so you got pretty much the excuse of all that not having the time that went out the window at that right. point. Couldn't use that one anymore. Oh, man, I just don't have time for that. Really? <laughs> and are you, so how does it feel running the country and being the top dog in the most in the most progressive country in the world? Like, what do you mean? Well, you're acting like you're the president right now that you're so busy that you didn't have time to do all this. I'm just trying to say. So what's your campaign slogan this year? No, I mean, I, I, I didn't mean that. I'm just saying, yeah, just say, dude, I, I didn't want to do anything. OK, I just want to just 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 be mush. I'm like, well, I can get that for some people, because especially in the very beginning, they say, okay, we need two weeks, you know, to bring the virus down. Yeah, that two weeks, here we are, eight, nine months later. And so now it's like, okay, bro, you know we've been past the two-week mark at this time. Now you can go do some stuff. You should have already been doing some stuff, you know, so. Well, my, my attitude about the virus is it's not going anywhere anytime soon. You better no. not to live with this shit. And you make yourself as healthy as possible. Be sensible, but I'm, I'm not going to be someone who doesn't go out and do anything. You know, I'm just not going to live that way, but I'm sensible about it. I'm, I'm not as just, I'm not moving around as freely as before all of this thing. Right. Where, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I know this is something serious. I don't, it's, it's not something where I'm paranoid about it. It's not something where I feel that if I caught it, I would die from it. I think I'm healthy enough. I would persevere through all of that. But my attitude also is this. Pretty much everyone has probably been exposed to this virus already. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially me. I've been going to a fucking commercial gym for the last three months. You really don't think the <laughs> one person in there, <laughs> right? I've been in there touching equipment that other people are touching. Hey, man. <laughs> like I said, I've been training people at the range since this thing started. Cause, you know, when it was just a, when it was just an essential business. You know, so you don't think inside of an indoor range, you know, in those lanes or whatever, and people pass by and all that. You don't think that you're not going to be exposed to it. I'm like, but I was like, I told one of my clients, I'm like. You know, COVID is not the issue that we're about exposure. I'm like, we're sitting inside an indoor range shooting lead, okay, the entire time. And then a lot of these folks, they'll shoot, and then as soon as they're done shooting, they go home. No, as soon as I'm done shooting, I go to the bathroom to go wash my hands and, and wash my face, you know, because you got lead exposure, you know, right there. So they don't even think twice about that. I'm like, think about that. You might have that issue, especially if you do it quite often. You probably think about lead issues later on down the line than issues that came from COVID. So, and then before that, you know, how clean were things that you were touching before, you know, before all this? Right. So I'm just like, you know, the thing is, like, if you're pretty much not in, you know, a population that's very susceptible to this thing, my thing is, look, man, be exposed to it. And, and so therefore you can build, build some immunity to it. 
as, as with almost every freaking virus and bacteria that we have out there in the world. That's how humans have survived all this time. Yeah, you lost some along the way. You know, so my thing is, if you're in those in those categories that is very vulnerable, then take caution. You know, right. if you're actually healthy, I'm not saying go out and be an idiot and like sit there, someone's cough and get in their face <laughs> and take it all in. <laughs> but I am saying that, look, man, go, get out there and hey, enjoy the fact that you're healthy enough that it won't necessarily wipe you out at this point. But don't do things that actually make yourself vulnerable at the same right. time. So don't start doing unhealthy living. Like you're saying, just sit around and you're smoking and drinking all the time and because yeah, that's 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 not gonna help. Now no. you put yourself in the vulnerable community that you, you weren't even a part of before. Now you just joined in. You just jumped yourself in like a gang. <laughs> it's like come well, on. Well my, my I mean for me, my activity level, physical activity level's gone way up during this whole thing because now that there's less options of stuff to do, there's no concerts to go to, there's no right movie theaters to go to right now, although some movies seem to be coming back in the next yeah, month. Yeah, some are open, but do you really want to go to those right now? <laughs> like, the only I mean, those, those only theaters were nasty before the pandemic, so I'm oh, just like, I, I, I can't I can't necessarily unsee the things that I've seen in some of those movie theaters. And they're like, we're taking extra, I mean, I got the email like from Cinemark and AMC, you know, we're taking extra precautionary measures to, you know, make, ensure the, the health of our, of our customers. I'm like, why are you just now starting to do that? Why didn't you do that before the pandemic? Forget about unsee. I was like, I can't unsee some of the things that I've done in movie theaters. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because because I've had some intimate relations in the movie theater before without being overly descriptive, okay? So I have some entanglements inside, you know, the AMC. (laughs) There are some things you don't want to see in the AMC. The only thing I remember seeing is us being in the back row so that we could see everyone else. And they, they're not just turning around and going, hey, those two people are begging back there. <laughs> like, oh, my God, honey, this surround sound. It sounds so real. Actually, that sex scene sounds like it's happening right here in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole place just shook a second ago. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so the only movie I'm willing to risk going to see in December is there's a new Dune movie coming out, right? Oh, yeah, I saw that. That one looks fucking badass. I'm a big fan of the book, and the movies have never done it justice. There was one that came out in the 1980s. That movie yep. sucked. There was one on sci-fi. It didn't suck, but it, it wasn't great. I mean, it was good, but it wasn't exceptional. Not as exceptional as the subject material is. But this movie, at least from the trailer, looks like they've caught the energy of the book as much as possible, at least more so. And I think they're splitting it up into multiple movies, so they're not going to try to get that whole story of that book in one movie because it's a lot to sell. That, that, I think that was one of the problems with the movie in the 1980s. The first one, in the 80s, yeah. So, so that one I'm willing to see in the theater as of right now. You know, we'll see what happens between now and December. Right. <laughs> it changed my mind on that. Well, the way things are looking, I mean – even then, it might, I mean, right now, just kind of looking at um, some of the reports, like some of these major companies in the stock world or whatever, a lot of these companies are going to really start focusing on streaming. I think they really see that people are really not trying to go back in droves back to the movie theaters. And I think what they're trying to do by even just making it available at the movies for a limited time or whatever, is just trying to throw the movie companies a bone and try to give them a chance to make some income before they have completely go bankrupt. But right now, um, Regal is already bankrupt and I think they're about, they're about to go out of business. AMC is on their way to bankruptcy. If they're not already bankrupt, they're about to go out of, you know, yeah, it seems like they may end up going out of business. So, yeah, I mean, one of the two things could happen is like Cinemark could either follow those guys and 
do the same thing or Cinemark can sit back and wait and get ready to purchase up all, you know, those companies. I mean, right. all those locations from Regal and from AMC and then, you know, just kind of wait it out, streamline everything in the process and, you know, cut back on their spending or whatever. And then, you know, or, you know, some of these other major, you know, media companies like, you know, the Time Warners, you know, HBO and all that, you know, they can end up purchasing those companies or whatever and do something with them eventually. You know, so because there's going to be some people because there's still some people out there that truly miss that experience of being, you know, going to the movies or whatever. That was like the thing they looked forward to. And so they're really looking forward to the point when this pandemic, you know, is under control or over, which which we know, like I said, it's not going to be over, but definitely a little bit more manageable as a whole to where they can go back out and enjoy the theaters and where they feel that confidence with, you know, going back in a theater and, you know, and erasing what they've seen in those theaters before. But I can't. I just can't, man. You know, I mean, there's some really nice theaters, like, a, you know, depending on what market you're in, if you have, like, an Angelica theater, those theaters are very beautiful. And then um, some, like, we have some very nice Cinemark theaters, especially the ones that weren't so nice. They got renovated and became nice. They upgraded themselves. But a lot of AMCs, I'm like, no, uh-uh. <laughs> nope. Can't ever get me to go back to one of those at this point. But, um so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. I actually will, I'll say past this upcoming like winter and, you know, and we're already in the middle of fall right now, but just to see once we get past this next six season that's coming up because it's happening. Flu season is about to happen. Oh, yeah. if, you know, in some places it's already happening. I mean, you've got like places like Denver where they already had snow, you know, back in, I think like beginning of September. You know, places like that. So they went from like having a heat, like a heat wave and the temperatures were hot. And then the next day or two, you know, it's snow. That's just a breeding ground for illness for a lot of people. So you, you go ahead and you double that up, compound that with COVID. It's going to be very interesting to see what's going to happen with these numbers in the coming months for a lot of parts of the country that, that deal with these type of extreme parts of weather. You know, I must say like in my, where I am here in Texas, especially in Southeast Texas, it's pretty much spring and summer for nine to 10 months out of the year. We really don't have winters. So it's kind of a good thing that we don't have that extreme cold going on or whatever. <clears throat> so, and Texas definitely wants to make sure that their numbers are down, you know, cause they had a little bit of a spike back in the summer, you know, they kind of opened up too soon or it shouldn't, or didn't open up soon enough. <laughs> you know, it depends who you're talking to. So like I said, but then I think, like I said, probably by the spring, maybe, or summer, maybe those theaters could probably start opening back up again. People have the confidence to do so. We'll see. There's a whole lot of we'll see going on right now at this point in our lives. You know, from the election to just, just, just this virus to just the economy. It's a whole lot of hurry up and wait right now. Yeah, I mean, those things are all out of your control. Just sitting around waiting for a concert to come back or for movies to come back. You need to find some other interests right now. Like, look, I like doing those things, too, but those are not available right now. So I'm not going to sit around reminiscing about being able to do those things and not being able to do those things when there's plenty of new things to get into right now. Like I said, I'm skateboarding a lot now, and I've been skateboarded since I was a teenager. And I don't know what brought this back, but all of a sudden I thought it was a good idea to to be a middle-aged man and get back on the (laughs) I sat there and I'm looking at my IG and all of a sudden I see your ass roller skating through the house. I'm like, what the fuck is Mike doing? <laughs> and then, then it's like the next day you're doing it again. It's like you're raining. I was like, what? What is going on here? I said, okay, Mike. Mike is smoking some damn good weed these days. <laughs> getting a, getting a little bored here in the mall. 
<laughs> got to shake it up a little bit. <laughs> uh, what kind of um, random dumb shit can I do to film and post? <laughs> Dude, it was so random on my IG store, and there you were. It was like, did Mike just go through the house on a skateboard with his, with his shirt off? <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> with, a, with a sword in my hand one day. I had to <laughs> my, like, this is Sparta. <laughs> I was like, I said, that is the most Austin shit I've ever seen in my life. That is some keep Austin weird stuff going on right now. Like, I'm just waiting for Matthew McConaughey to come running behind you playing the bongos or something. <laughs> so, yeah, but there's pretty- some neighborhoods out here that have these awesome trails for walking and riding bikes. They're great for skateboarding too. And it's not just here in Seven Hills, but all over Henderson. Yeah. So now I'm, so now I, I keep the boards in my trunk at my car, in my car at all times just for convenience, but it's, sometimes I'm driving around and I see a cool hill. I'm like, cool, I'm going to take my mountain board on that. I'm going to go do something. And what's funny is I ran into one of my friends from the dog park and she was just out there hanging out and she saw me mountain boarding and she's like, wow, you know, you really, you really go all in all this stuff. Oh, you know, you bought skateboards in a week you know you're out there with three different boards and all that and i was like you know what man it's good to be excited about shit you know that's the whole point i go this is the problem with people as they get older they're not excited about anything anymore right you gotta you gotta keep a little bit of that kid energy in you you should be there should be things where you can't wait to do it or you're looking forward to do it or the idea of doing it is exciting and and i and i don't mean just living vicariously because a lot of people, they get excited about watching a football game or watching this, and that's all fine and good, but that's a sedentary activity. You, know, right. you get excited about something where you're actually moving around a bit. Yeah, even even with the whole sports thing, everybody's like, oh, man, football's back. Oh, you know, you got – yeah, but you, you did that before. And, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and that – how exciting is that to watch some other people be very active? I'm like, why are you so invested in, in the lives of these athletes? I get it, you know. It was a way of escaping back, you know, before this pandemic. But now it's like you have nowhere to escape. You've been you've been good. You know, there's no place that's been pretty much for you to have to sit there and escape. OK, there's not a whole lot of stress going on with work at this point. And my thing is, it's a stress because there is a lack of work. How is football going to make that better? I don't know. I'm just asking. I'm asking for it. Yeah, now, now you're broke <laughs> home watching football. Nothing's improved. <laughs> <laughs> like those guys are still getting paid. Yeah, exactly. They still, have a, they still have a job. Okay. If anything, you're watching them going, man, they're getting paid this right now. I'm not making anything right now. <laughs> right. Well, the other thing that I found really unhealthy is how comfortable people got with getting their stimulus checks that I like to call welfare checks. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, you got your welfare checks on the way. I always make fun of people whenever they talk about their stimulus check. And it's fine. Okay, fine. People getting money they need to help out. Fine. That's all That's all fine and good. But what happened is when things started opening up, a lot of people didn't want to return back to work because they're getting yeah, paid they're like, more to yeah. sit around and do nothing. They're either getting paid more or getting paid the same or maybe getting paid slightly less, but they don't have to do anything. You just sit around and collect the checks. Now, it's not going to last forever, but they wanted to write it as long as they could. And that's a really scary, unhealthy mentality. Well, here we are right now. I mean, they're, they're sitting here right as we're recording this going back and forth about a second stimulus. And it's been this back and forth since the summer, since probably the midsummer, probably like July. And here we are at the time we're recording this. It's like almost the end of October, you know, and they're still going back and forth about a second stimulus. And and the whole country's on edge waiting like, oh, man, when are you going to get those second stimulus checks? I'm like, you know what you could have been doing between July and the end of October? To, right. you, you could have been creating your own stimulus check. You know, yeah. whereas, you know, even if you got a stimulus check, it just would have been an added bonus. 
you can just see that as your bonus of what you were already creating at this point. Like, don't sit there and wait for this handout because it's really not a handout because as soon as they hand it out, you're going to have to hand it back in another way. Right. Some way, one way or the other, whether it's you or your kids or whatever else. So it's not, nothing, like I said, if you're struggling and you need that, yeah, but I've seen, especially online, I've seen where people have actually taken those checks and blown it on bullshit. Okay. And those are the main ones still screaming for a second one. For a second stimulus check, you know, most other people, they're kind of struggling. Like they don't really have time to be sitting there fussing about it. They have to get, they have to get out there and make some income to feed their families. So, right. but the main ones who are sitting there talking about a stimulus check over and over again, they're either already well off and they feel like oh, I'm speaking for the people who are already having a hard time. Yeah. Okay. Well, you could be creating opportunities for them if that's the case, if you're so concerned, that's or right. these are people who blew their check off the first time and they blew it so fast. Like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy myself because, you know, I, I deserve it because going through all this stuff and, you know, it'll be another one anyway. I use that one to pay these bills. Yeah, no, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. I'm like, first of all, the first, when it comes to any type of situation, you know, when it comes to the government and paying someone, you know who their priority is to pay first each and every time themselves. Cause not one person in government sat there and didn't work, sat out, cut anybody sat home, did a furlough, or any of that stuff. No, Congress, all of them continue to work, continue to sit there and make money that you did not have but had you to pay for it, you know. And so it's sustainable because my thing is if they really were concerned about their citizens in America, all of them would have taken a, they would have taken a pay cut the entire time, okay, at least take six months. None of you get a paycheck that are in Congress, none of you, none of you. I'm sure that that helps a little bit, you know, with with what's going on with as far as like people being able to be taken care of for a little bit and whatever. But no, they didn't step up for you that way. So why are you relying on them to take care of you again? You know, with another pay, with another stimulus check. I'm like, there was a very easy solution right there. Like I said, they could have taken a pay cut, but they they made sure they took care of themselves first. So I mean, hell, they're still getting paid when they even re- take a recess for a month. They still collect a check. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You're not even at work. There's a lot of people not at work right now and not collecting a check. What makes them so special? So you got to really think about that. And so my thing is don't sit there and leave your livelihood and your your quality of life in the hands of the government. Take control of it yourself, man. Find some opportunities. Create some opportunities. There, is, there are things out there that need solutions. I'm sure there's something that you're probably complaining about that hasn't happened that needs to be done. And hell, you might tell yourself, man, I could do a much better job. Do it. <laughs> do it. Why not? Why not you? I'm sure somebody else that doesn't want to do the job and they'll be happy you're doing it. And now you're making a little income. There's just so many opportunities. As long as if you're sitting and listening to the show on a phone or a laptop, then you have a resource that can print money for you right there. There's, there's your personal money printer right there in your hand or staring you right in your face. You just have to get out of your own way and just be creative. Find ways. There's so many ways to make money out there, you know, beyond the conventional go, go to a nine to five, come home, which for a lot of you, that's not happening. <laughs> you know, a lot of you are just at home hoping that you still have a nine to five to go to one day or you can work from home at least. So and that's become the new trend now. I'm seeing more and more companies that are saying that, a lot of them are not even going to require their employees to come back. They're going to let them work from home probably for the next year or two or probably indefinitely. Well, yeah. that sounds good 
for the most part on paper. But what that also means that there are going to be a lot of jobs that are going to be cut. They're going to be unnecessary. They're going to be redundant positions at that point. They're not going to need five, ten, six, ten people in one department now because they're no, that department's not there. You're not going to the office and you're all working together. Now you can have one or two people or maybe three working from home on Zoom, you know, and doing the same thing. So keep that in mind as well because at the end of the day, when it comes to these companies, it comes down to the bottom line. And when they can cut costs, that means that they can – in a lot of a lot of cases, they can actually increase revenue, and that's what having a business is all about: increasing revenue and reducing that overhead. And if they have to do that, that means you're expendable. So a lot of folks are thinking like, you know, I go working on a five because you know I like that job security. Now you're really about to find out from a lot of you that it's not so secure because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, when you sit there and like they used to say before, you can sit there and work yourself into the ground for a company, work yourself to death, and then you die working for that company. They'll have your position in the newspaper the day after you died. Okay, that's just how much they care about you. So keep that in mind. So always, we always talk about not having a plan B, but when it comes to when you're working for someone else, you need to have a plan B. You need to have an exit. You need to have an exit strategy. Yeah, that can't be your plan A. <laughs> no, 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 way too much to chance. <laughs> right. Because I mean, that's really out of your hands. At least you want to have some other income generating source on the side. Yeah. And maybe. Some some kind of business endeavor, something extra you do so that if plan A goes away, which it inevitably will, you can gravitate right into plan B and accelerate that. You have something to build upon. Well, see, that's the kind of bad advice a lot of us got growing up is go to college, get a job, right? It wasn't go to college. It wasn't forget college, start a business. Right. You started a business when you graduated high school. You're 18. And then instead of going to college for four years, you get that business going. By the time you're 22, you're going to have a successful business. You may have multiple successful businesses, depending on what you did, as opposed to someone who is now $80,000 in debt or way more than that. Yeah. And, and you're just getting started. And what are right. you doing? You go work for someone else because you have no capital to start your own thing. You're a massive debt. So now, now, now you're stuck in this, this machine, a cog in a wheel in this machine. That it's very difficult difficult to get out of, all under the premise of go to college and get a job because that's the most secure. I mean, that's the only advice I ever got from my parents. It was never find something you're super excited about and figure out a way to turn that into a viable income. That that, that didn't even register as a possibility from their point of view. Right, because even even to bring that up to them, they'd be like, "That's not practical." <laughs> that, look, when I made the religious studies, it was you're not going to be able to get a job with that. I go, "You're not going to get a job with any degree." So what doesn't, <laughs> now, now, if no degree is going to get you a job, then you might as well pick something that you're actually interested in. Because yeah. not, I've never been to a job interview where they even looked at my what my major was in college, or even verified that I actually have a degree from that. Right. All they cared about was work experience, and if you don't have right. any. No one cares what your degree is in. So, yeah. So hopefully, you know, one thing I am starting to see, there is a whole new generation that are truly understanding the power of like pretty much creating their own opportunities, especially because they are very tech savvy, you know, and they see all the opportunities that are there. And so it's, it's kind of a give and take because they have these resources right there at their fingertips. And that information is so easily provided for them. And so they just have to decide, like, hey, I'm interested in this enough to actually pursue this and make this happen. Now, the downside of that is the fact that they 
that actually going out and using their hands and using skilled labor and actually having to get their hands dirty to do any work and deal with any type of adversity or whatever else, pretty much that's becoming minute to like pretty much absolutely not available at all is also a detriment to them as well because it sets them up for, you know, not be able to go through some hard times because everything is just so easily accessible, you know, and, and really, or not really appreciating the information that they discover because it's so freely available. Instead of having to really dig down and research or whatever else, it's like, it's just so easy to go to YouTube university and pretty much you can find information about everything you want. And then all of a sudden you can, you can watch two videos and then all of a sudden you just say, Oh, that's what I'm doing now. And now consider yourself an expert. And then next thing you know, three videos later, you're recording videos now and you're becoming the go-to expert in this field that you're only three videos away from knowing about yourself. And now, but you're propping yourself as the expert on this, you know? So that's the only downside of having all this free, you know, freely available information. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting, if you look at any situation, you can always find a way to monetize that. For example, if you started off as a trainer and let's say you're in your twenties and you're talking about how to get strong and fit. And people are going, well, you know, you're in your 20s, so what do you know? You know, it's a lot harder when you're in your 30s. Okay, let's say you last long enough, and now you're now you're 45 and you're talking about how to get strong and so forth. Now there's a whole new market of people that are looking for that inspiration. They're going, well, wait a minute, I'm middle-aged too. I'm in my 40s, and I don't look like that. I don't feel like that. All of a right. sudden, your message becomes more appealing. And now, and that could be a whole new direction. So, I mean, it's not a direction I care to go in. I could care less about, you know, <laughs> marketing that. I mean, I target that market with hormone optimization, but, but in terms of writing a book about how to stay, stay strong and fit in your forties, I can tell you that in one sentence. Make sure you start in your twenties. <laughs> because it's way fucking harder when you start in your goddamn forties, you know? I, I think I'm so glad I adopted a fitness lifestyle. And obviously I went through periods where I wasn't that fit and healthy, but overall I was always very consistent with my workouts and eating clean and so forth since my early twenties. So it's, it's one thing to just maintain a lifestyle of health and fitness versus you run yourself into the ground in your twenties and thirties. And now you're a train wreck in your forties. You got high blood pressure. You're 50 pounds overweight. Couldn't do a pull up if your life depended on it. You haven't seen your dick in 10 years. <laughs> you're not even sure if you still have one. That's how long it's been. <laughs> I didn't know I could pee for my navel. Hey, that's interesting. It's like Farka says, like being fit means you can see your feet. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's, like, it's like looking at some of you in the audience, you haven't seen your feet in a long time. <laughs> the nation of, you know, America should be like the nation of Islam in this respect. Like, right in the nation of Islam, if if you're overweight for a certain amount of time, you get reprimanded and kicked out if you don't lose the weight. Imagine if that's what our country was like. It's like, look, oh we, my God, this, we can't afford we really to walk freely. <laughs> It'll be no one here. Health. It's like everyone's required to wear a mask. Well, guess what? Everyone's required to eat healthy now, too, because we can't take any chances with people overburdening the medical care system. Right. <laughs> and if you don't, and if you don't, okay, you have 100 pounds to lose. Okay, we're going to give you a plan. You have approximately a year and a half to lose that. And if you don't, then you're going to lose you your go. citizenship. <laughs> 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 yeah, that, that's basically how our country becomes the size of Australia. <laughs> okay, in population. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's great for those of us that are left here. You know? <laughs> Man, two hundred million Americans just gone. <laughs> <What happened>? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, 
Well, that's a nutshell for you folks to do. Yeah. I, I got shit to do, man. I got skateboarding to do. So <laughs> <laughs> I got a busy schedule ahead of me this afternoon, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, we suggest you folks do some some of the same stuff. Get out and do some stuff, man. Enjoy it. You know, if the weather's nice where you are, you go enjoy it. If the weather sucks, still go out and enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. no, it's true. You got to get out and be active. It's it's, <clears throat> it's only going to do positive things for your mindset. A lot of times when people have a lot of anxiety and angst, they, they just need a physical outlet. I mean, whenever I used to get a ton of anxiety, I would go run out sprints. You know, sometimes at night I'd go to the park and just run out five to ten sprints all out. And you always felt better. I mean, you just work out all of that negative energy and now you're relaxed and ready to <clears throat> restore and take charge of your day. It's a good time to do all this stuff. And to mind, if you're in a state that that pretty much doesn't hinder you from doing this, hey, go to a range. You know, go put some go put some lead down range into some pieces of paper. And <laughs> there you go. If you go to an outdoor range, now you actually get a chance to not only put some lead down range, but you actually get to be physical and you can run some drills, some defensive and some personal protection drills where you're you know moving around. You know, you're moving and shooting at a target because that's usually what's going to happen in a defensive situation. You're not going to just be able to stand there in most cases and then defend yourself. You're going to actually have to move and get physical. So it's a good time to do all that. So, you know, if you can go to an outdoor range, don't just grab your weapon and take it with you. Grab a kettlebell, some dumbbells with you, some sandbags. Take those out there to the outdoor range with you and work on some drills like that and really get that heart rate up and see how you perform on, you know, shooting on target when your heart rate's raised up like that. Because your heart rate's going to be raised up if you're ever in a defensive situation. So you might as well get used to what that feels like. And therefore, when it happens, if it happens, you know, you won't be so surprised that your heart rate is racing up like that. And you'll still be able to function mentally in that situation. So there you go. Go do that. And if you don't, if you're in a state where that's not allowed, then do it with a BB gun. You know, I'm pretty sure that's allowed. You know, sit there and use some plastic pellets. You can still defend yourself, learn how to defend yourself that way, too. You know, right. so right. you can do like Mike. He's the most deadly paintball carrying guy you're going to ever meet in fucking Seven Hills. <laughs> you know, it's funny. That there's, uh, there's a golf course, right, that runs besides our, beside our neighborhood or runs around it. And I, I was walking Reno one night on our main road, and I noticed that you could just walk right into that golf course. It's not closed off. So I was like, yeah, let's go exploring. So I went walking in there, walking around, having a good time. I let her run around. Have a, you know, I didn't let her mess up the golf course or anything, but we just walked around a bit. And then when I went home, I told Carol, I was like, yeah, super nice. That golf course is actually really nice. And she's like, oh, you shouldn't be walking around there at night. And I was like, come on, I can take care of myself. She's like, no, one of our neighbors is going to call the police saying there's a black guy walking his dog. <laughs> there's a black guy at the golf course in the middle of the night. <laughs> she's like, you're so tanned now from skateboarding all day long. You know? She's like, you got to be careful. Now. <laughs> It was funny. It's a friend of mine at the dog park, right? A black guy. And I, everyone was talking about the golf course. And I was like, yeah, you know, you can go there at night. And he's like, no, nah, I wouldn't do that. And then someone else, and I knew exactly what he meant when he said that. But the other people there are like, why is that? You know, it's a, you think you're going to, it's like, why is that? You know, they had no idea what he was talking about. He's like, because I'm a black man, you know, black man walking around a golf course in the middle of the night. It's not going to work well for me. <laughs> you know? That's why. Even if you're Tiger Woods, you have only have half a chance of, you know, getting out of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and this guy moved into a neighborhood in Seven Hills, and his neighbors called the police on him when they saw it was him, a black guy in a nice car, unloading stuff into his new home that he bought. 
and the, one of the neighbors called the police as if this guy's a fucking thief. And the police actually showed up. And this guy had to deal with all that bullshit. That's the, that's the, the level. So when people talk about how you know, race things are so much better now, racism doesn't really exist. I was like, that's because you're not on the receiving end of it. You don't know. Right. You, know you don't know if it doesn't exist or not if you're not on the receiving end of it because you've never experienced it. Exactly. Just because you didn't experience it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yeah, that's okay. Awesome. Exactly. And when when a guy can't even unload his trailer for his new home without the police being called, you know, that's a fucking problem. <laughs> you know? Right. That's the first thing someone thinks of is, oh, this has got to be, this guy's got to be a criminal. He couldn't possibly have those two nice cars and all this stuff. <clears throat> See, again, you're breaking Sincere's rule. You broke rule number one. You weren't minding your business. Yeah. And then you, and then you broke rule number two. You're being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so all you need to do now is send a dick pic, and you got all three. <laughs> I should have sent a dick pic to this guy. Fresh as his name is. I should have sent like a welcome. Then you bring him. Then you bring him Mike's third Mike's rule. <laughs> no dick. Now, now you have all three dialed in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, it's, it's like you said, it's like, look, man, don't just send anybody a dick pic, all right? That should be special, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it it needs to send, be requested. It needs to be a request for that one, okay? <laughs> don't just freely volunteer that. You know, like, get a request, and then even when you get a request, think long, hard, and think twice. Like, mm, should I? And then if you have to ask that, the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> Do not. And then you got to make sure the lighting's right. You know, you exactly. Get, you got to get the right angle so you can exaggerate a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like Dennis Farina in this this show. I think it was side Sidewalks in New York, something like that. And there's a really funny scene where he's talking to a friend. He goes, "Yeah, and make sure you you spray some cologne on your balls. Shows you care." <laughs> <laughs> That's such a Dennis Farina type thing to hear. Too. There's, there's uh, one of my favorite movies is Midnight Run, and the reason why it's one of my favorite movies is because of his character in the movie. Like every scene with him is quotable. He calls up to two of these henchmen. He's like, "Hey, is this moron number one? Put moron number two on the phone." You know? <laughs> he's like, "You say one more line, I'm going to stab you in the heart with a pencil." You know, he's, he has so many funny lines. <laughs> In that movie, though, on YouTube, there's just a montage of every line of his in the movie. And I was cracking up watching that. He was so good in that movie. And Robert De Niro was in that movie, and he's being overshadowed by Dennis Farina. That's how good Crazy. Dennis Farina was in the movie. Definitely. It has to be the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, the, that's when he was at the top of his game, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm about, to, I'm about to find that clip and see if I can put that in the show notes. Oh, yeah, I'm going to send it to you. I'll send it to you as we come up here. (laughs) All right, folks, so that's going to wrap it up for this week, and we will catch you guys next time checking in with y'all. So Take care, folks. Take care. That wraps up this week's Live Life Aggressively show. Be sure to head over to MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Use the coupon code LLA12 and receive 12% off of your total purchase at either of those websites. Also, for more personal protection tips, make sure you head over to NewWarriorDefense.com. Support the production of the Live Life Aggressive Show by heading over to Patreon.com and becoming a patron. Simply go to Patreon.com slash LLA Podcast. All Patreon subscribers receive Patreon-only access to our brand new show, Afterlife, which is a brand new behind-the-scenes episode that is not available to the public. 
Our Patreon subscribers also get to enjoy bigger discounts on all of our products by receiving patron-only discount codes beginning at 15% off on all products on MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Lastly, be sure to share the episode by following us on social media, on Facebook, as well as our new account on Instagram. Until the next episode, take care, everybody.